0: All right, so I just want to reiterate what Erin said about thanking everyone for your commitment to New Day and just continuing the work here so that we could have this time. Um, You have no idea how needful it was. So thank you, everyone um, that continued to come, those who served. Of course, Jack and Sherry, thank you so much. Your ministry was unreal. Your ministry was just a blessing to us. Thank you. Thank you. Holy cow. (sighs) Almighty God, I just thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your presence in me, that you are with me, that you are the source of my life, that it is in you that I live and breathe and have my being. And I thank you for giving me the words to share. And that anything that doesn't need to be shared would just fall away. Thank you. All right. So how many of you this morning came just like revved up and so excited that you are finally going to get to hear Aaron after three months of being gone? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's all right. It's all right. How many of you are disappointed that I'm sharing now? Yeah, I'm thinking there's some liars out here. I'm thinking there are. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. You know, usually we judge lying as bad. I even tell my kids, don't lie. It's not good. But you know what? That's part of the journey I've been on. I might say that right now, lying would be okay, right? Because you're lying to spare my feelings, (laughs) I would assume. But maybe it's neither. Maybe it's neither good nor bad. That was a lesson that I've been having to learn. Some things that I've judged, they just are. They're neither good nor bad. So I grew up in a Christian church. So all my life, I've had this ingrained in me that there's sin that we have to deal with. And the Bible is very clear about what sin is. And if you need to know what you need to keep out of your life, just go to the Bible because it'll tell you. So, okay, go to the Bible and reread things. I mean, this is what we're taught, right? So, okay, this is bad. This is good. This is right. This is wrong. I should do this, and I shouldn't do this. I need to keep away from all of this. So it's very ingrained in me. And we've kind of kept trying to keep away from judgments in this house and been accepting and just come as you are. We want to love you. So we don't deal with that too much here. But it's still in my heart. And so, you know, as a teenager, I had these things that I was struggling with. Right, wrong, got to get rid of it. But most of that fell away. One thing, though, that I have struggled, had, not anymore, struggled with my whole life, even from being a kid, my temper. I could hold things and bury them. But then when something set me off, oh, boy, would I be angry. So angry, I want to hurt something or hurt someone or break something. And sometimes I did. I mean, break things. I don't know. I might have kicked the dog once. I know. He was, he was a, oh my gosh, that Bubba. So destructive. Holy cow. We'd come home and I'd swear it looked like somebody had broken into the house and just destroyed everything. He'd eaten, I can't even tell you everything he ate. But he was destructive. i think I might have kicked him one time when I came home to one of those messes. Sorry. <laughs> I had a temper. And it was something I struggled with. And then as I learned, as we were going through the freedom stuff, well, that's a part of me. I got to learn what it's there for, right? So I know the triggers. Messes are a trigger for me. I don't like messes. I'm a kind of a knee orderly and I'm, you couldn't tell it by my house right now, but I don't like messes. But that wasn't the source of what was making me angry. What actually I found out what makes me angry is a feeling of powerlessness. I didn't feel like I had a lot of control in these situations and so it would make me angry. So, okay, awesome. I know what the source of this is now. Let's deal with it. So, Lord, forgive me. I'm dealing with this. I need your power, and I just rebuke that anger and I come against it and be gone with it. Oh, shoot! I feel so much better. All right. Month, two months down the road, I'm just so angry again. Oh, dang, I can't just believe I put a hole in that wall. I'm the pastor's wife. What are people going to think about me doing that? I can't believe that. So much anger. Dang. Oh, God, forgive me. I hate myself that I act that way. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I I judged it. Oh, I hate it. So go back. I just give that to you, Lord. I just rebuke that anger and get it out of my life. Hate it. All right. I feel better. I've repented God's forgiven me. Go on. It's going to be gone. Nope. Sure enough, there's that anger again. Oh, I'm so angry. I just broke my phone. Oh, dang, I'm so angry. Sorry, God. Oh, I hate it. I know it's ugly. It's not of you. Oh, I hate it. I just repent of it and be gone of it. Still a struggle. I don't know what to do. I just go on, I guess. So then about a year ago, Aaron and I are on a date night, one of those few precious times that we have without the boys. We're down at the Riverwalk, and we're walking around, and we're talking. And I'm sharing some of the things that I think and feel about myself, and he's, you know, tried to correct some of that for years. (laughs) And so once again... He's doing it, and to be honest, I have no idea the exact conversation. I know, obviously, the gist of it, but I don't know what he said. So he's speaking to it, but to me, it was like God was speaking through him, and God reached down into my heart, and he pulled out, like, a building block of the foundation of my belief system, and... Right at that moment, he's still talking, and I think he saw this confusion or something coming over me, and I think in his mind I was rejecting it once again. But to be honest, I was in a daze. I was so confused and so turned around, and like it was like this flood of memories and these belief systems just came pouring into my brain. I don't even really know how to explain it. But I was so repentant of just the way I'd looked at myself all these years and compared myself to other people and thought, I'd never measure up. I'm not good enough. I can't be right. I want to be perfect, but I'm always failing. And, oh, I'm starting to, okay. It was just, it was gut-wrenching. And so there went our date night. But, <laughs> but I wish I could say at that point, wow, the world opened to me, and I was doing so much better, and it was just great, and I was happy now because God rebuilt me. But instead, it was like my foundation came crashing down, and what was left was this big cloud of smoke that I couldn't see through. And instead of getting better and starting to clear, it got worse. I was feeling terrible about myself. Um, not, I mean, I was, I was feeling better about myself, but I wasn't happy with my life. Maybe I should put it that way. I was um, a little bit depressed. I was um, a little bit angry. Instead of being able to tap down that anger until my outbursts. Instead, now it's kind of under the surface all the time, kind of dealing with it. And I'm not happy about even coming to church where I know that people love us and want to be around us. I had a hard time coming and it was just a really difficult period for me. And so then come November, I'm I'm in a really bad spot not happy at all. And Aaron says, well, it's our anniversary. Why don't we celebrate by going to a conference? Okay, yeah, that's just what I wanted, right? Who does that? (laughs) Especially a conference of a guy I'd never really heard of. I'd seen his books around the house, but a guy named Greg Braden. Um, It wasn't a Christian conference. It turned out it was kind of a science conference. The the man is just a genius in science and just research and whatever. But we go to this conference. The first day that I'm there, well, we're there, um, he's sharing things. I'm not in a real great place. I'm not real happy to be there. And he shares... um, One thing early on, that just for whatever reason, it was a theory. It wasn't even like a scientific fact. It was just something he threw out. So if this is something that scientists are theorizing right now, who knows it's a possibility. And for whatever reason, it ticked me off. And I was in a bad mood the rest of the day. I was just unhappy. That's their theory. Then life is crap, and there's no point to it. That's where I was. That's how bad I was. So, go to the second day. And you know what? His stuff was actually kind of interesting. He had some pretty good proofs and some pretty good things that he was sharing about people all being connected. Because you know that we're actually made of energy. And so we are all connected. And what I do affects Other people, and they're proving this scientifically. And as groups, as a whole, we can actually affect things in the earth. And wow, this was really interesting. I'm not going to share a whole lot more about him because that's his teaching, not mine. But by the third day, we're getting into something else called heart math, where he teaches us to go into our hearts and feel appreciation compassion, care, gratitude. And to be totally honest, the third day, even though I'm feeling better because I'm enjoying the conference now, I'm not able to really tap into those feelings. But we weren't really practicing it anyway, so that's okay. The fourth day is when we actually got into the work of it. By the fourth day, I was able to plug in to a real, true sense of appreciation for the first time in a really long time. And I plugged into that, and I practiced it all day long. And we came home, and I continued to practice it. And things around me started to change. But you know what? My circumstances didn't change. My boys were still crazy busy, still making messes. Um, Aaron's still crazy busy, which was one of my irritations. Um, So the circumstances hadn't really changed. So even though I'm getting a better outlook, we're still struggling, still things going bad, obviously. That's why we went to Phoenix, right? So come time to go down to Phoenix. The first weekend that we were there, after we'd gotten settled, um, Aaron sends me off to a conference by myself. You have no idea how hard that is for me to be in something like that all by myself. He's my security blanket. What is he thinking? (laughs) But I did okay. And part of that was I got there and you just walked into that room and I could just sense the love and acceptance from everybody. And even though this wasn't the main point of a, I don't even think people, the speakers, intended it to be a point at the conference. Something that each one of them stressed over and over was you cannot have judgments. Because when you judge, you cut off the source of life. Like, wow, that kind of goes against what I thought we were taught as Christians, because we have to judge sin, right? But I, on the way up there, I had put in my heart, God, I know that you're sending me here, and I don't care what is taught. I'm opening my heart to anything I can receive from you. And if there's anything not of you, I just pray that you close that off. Well, this was like a big, like, rip my chest open and pour it in. Judgment needs to stop. Stop saying good, bad. Because good, if you're determining that something's good, it's still a judgment. Because you're judging that it's not bad. So stop saying good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't. That all has to stop. Okay. Okay. I mean there was a lot of other stuff at this conference that I'm not going to go into. But let me tell you, I was I was wrecked. And I for the I don't know for the first time, but I mean I was really starting to have hope and be revived. So I go home. And what happens after about a week of being home? Any guesses? I got angry. I didn't break anything. I didn't hit anything. But I was angry, really angry. And I felt horrible. My words weren't very kind. So once again, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I do this. I hate it. Please forgive me. And as Aaron shared, when we went down there, we were in a tough spot. We both went into therapy. So I go to the therapist and I say, you know, This happened. Well, do you know what that anger is there for? Because you know that's a part of you, and it's trying to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. I figured this out a few years back. Of course. It's telling me that I don't feel like I have any power. Oh, well, perfect. So what's the problem? Oh, no, what am I paying you for? You're the therapist, right? Okay. So... You know that it's the powerless. What's going on with you at this time? Well, I don't know. I hate it. I wish it was gone. Okay, so that's your problem. You're judging it as bad. It's part of you. You need to experience the anger. Experience what it's teaching you. Ask God for his divine power to fill you And just, if you're angry, but you don't want to be angry in front of your kids, go in the other room and be angry. Experience it. Don't judge it. So, next time I got angry, that's what I did. And you know what? It dissipated very quickly. I let go of all the judgment of that anger. I didn't judge it as bad. I didn't condemn it that I hated it like I had so many other times. And it dissipated. And I haven't had an issue with that since. Now, that's not to say I haven't been upset. Um, My son this morning, just before coming, they're fighting over the fish food, and he dumped the entire thing of fish food all over the floor. Yeah, I was a little upset. But I wasn't carrying on and yelling at him and just feeling horrible about who I am it dissipated so just continuing you know i've just went through more and more transformation god opening me up and removing beliefs and systems that i thought were right because that's what i'd been taught in church that sin thing was huge But you know what, after coming out of that and having that removed, when I go back and look at the scriptures, I don't see that in there at all anymore. Even Jesus said, don't judge, because when you do, you'll be judged. And we think of that, well, I don't know, I thought of that as, if I judge this particular thing in you, then you're going to be judging that in me. But it's a little bit different than that. It's not quite that obvious. And I want to share from Genesis. Sorry, I know that we're a little sick of Genesis because we hear a lot about it. And I'm not going to read it because I think we know the stories, right? By now, I hope. (laughs) But we know that in the garden there was a tree of life. And I've stopped taking the Bible so literal. I feel that the tree of life was actually God himself, because he is the source of life. Without him, nothing can live. He sustains everything. So he's telling Adam and Eve, I'm here. I'm your life. I'm your source. Come to me. And I love you, and I want you to come to me. But because I do love you, I'm going to give you a choice. And I'm going to put in the tree, I mean in the garden, another tree, which is the tree of knowledge. In case you decide you want to get your knowledge from something else. So I'm going to put this tree in here. And it's going to be a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then you can decide what's good and what's bad. So Adam and Eve decided to eat of that tree, and they became the judge. But did any of you all catch all those times reading that, that when God showed up after they had partaken of that, that he never judged them as bad for doing that? Just in my religious mindset, I had read it all these years, that when God showed up, he was judging them. They were bad. But he didn't. If you read it without that filter, it's really not there. God asked them who told them that they were naked because now they see themselves as naked and they're ashamed. He wanted to know why they suddenly thought there was something wrong with them. And he's not asking them that because he didn't know, he knew they ate of it. He's asking them because he wants them to search their hearts and realize that now they're feeling bad about who they are because they've judged themselves. Instead, they stayed in their shame. So now because Adam and Eve are the judges of good and bad of everything they see, everything is tainted through that lens. And God didn't curse them. The curse came because they were now seeing everything through the filter of good or bad. God didn't take away their power of dominion. So now they're walking the earth and they see something and they decide they're going to judge that as bad. Ah, that plant is so ugly. That is bad plant. And suddenly it's becoming a weed. They can't help but think, we can't help as humans, think about things without the filter of good or bad. So we live in constant judging or polarity of good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't. We even judge people. God, she's doing a terrible job up there. She's horrible. (laughs) Or, wow, she's really fantastic. I don't know what you're thinking. (laughs) Um, We judge, you know, people bad. He or she is a good person. If you break the law, you're a bad person. That's a judgment. They shouldn't dress like that. Don't they know they look terrible in that? They shouldn't act that way. Those are all judgments. We judge animals, good dog, bad dog. We even judge food. I can say, boy, that steak was really good. But the flavor of the steak is actually in the palate of the person eating it. We project our taste onto the food. Erin and I like our steaks cooked totally different. So if I'm saying that steak was really good, he's probably saying that steak was really dry and gross. (laughs) So a more accurate or empowering way to look at that would be, I really enjoyed that steak. That steak had really good flavor to me. That was cooked just right for me. Good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't. It's all subjective and is not an accurate description of things. So again, I know the eye rolls. We're going to talk about Genesis. Go back there. (laughs) Genesis, where God created things. He created light and then he separated the darkness. But you know what? He left the darkness there. And when he stood back, he looked at it and he said, this is very good. And you know what else about creation? The light and the darkness when he did that, it's not the sun and the moon. So it's not day and night. He's not talking about that. My thought is maybe he's talking about happy times and troubled times. These dark nights in our lives that we go through, like what I just went through in this last year. But he goes through creation, and he steps back every time he creates something and says, It is good. You know why that's not a judgment? Because he wasn't judging between good and bad. There was nothing bad. Everything he created, he called good. There is no judgment, but there are still polarities. So he didn't call anything bad, but he still had opposites. So we have the longest day and the shortest day. We have winter. We have summer. We have hot. We have cold. We have male. We have female. We have wet. We have dry. So there's all these polarities that we have to live in. We still have to deal with difficulties. We still have to deal with grief, anger, whatever it is that your source of trouble spot. But it's when we pass judgment on them that they become our unhappiness. So I had to learn to quit judging my anger. And when I did, it's no longer a problem for me. I don't have that unhappiness. And it was after receiving this lesson that I found my own greatness and power. I wouldn't be able to be up here today if I hadn't found that power. Trust me. <laughs> I was afraid to even talk to anyone when I came in the building sometimes. <laughs> so, But when we judge, we miss the lesson because we resist the experience. And it keeps us out of our hearts and in our heads and creates all kinds of suffering. And just a quick note on forgiveness. I struggled with that. And when I was able to release the judgment of it, I was able to just forgive as well. And forgiveness isn't, I don't know what your idea, everybody has a different idea of forgiveness. But it really is just about releasing the judgment of it. So letting go of all judgment opens the way for inward experience of gratefulness. Because all experiences, all things, all people, everyone is worthy of appreciation. And I just want to be clear on this. When I talked about going into the heart and filling the appreciation, it's a true heartfelt Appreciation. It's not a list of things that I'm grateful for. It's feeling the feeling of appreciation, of gratefulness, of care, of compassion. So, in other words, it's um, counting blessings versus holding the feeling of that appreciation in your heart. Finding appreciation in my heart really helped start me on this journey of transformation. Without that experience in November, where I was able to actually get in touch with the gratitude and appreciation for the lives around me, what God did in this last three months wouldn't have been able to happen. Because honestly, he just opened me up and ripped out all kinds of false ideas, and false identities. And he's still rebuilding it. I'm not saying I know everything. But I am now happier and more excited about life than I have probably ever been. I can remember one other time in my life where I actually felt deep down happiness. And it didn't last. And I'm really sad to say part of the reason it didn't last was because those old religious beliefs crept back in, where I had to judge. But now I feel freer, I feel more alive, I even feel younger, healthier, I'm sleeping better at night. Um, Even when the, the boys disrupt our sleep, I'm able to go back to sleep, it's been awesome. I've been able to enjoy my two wild boys that are just as busy as ever and into everything and still breaking things, but I'm able to enjoy them and appreciate them. I used to come in just frazzled with them, and I don't have that so much anymore. So I just want to thank you for letting me share with you this morning. And I hope that my story has helped you in some way.